Ladies and guys who want to trip some balls in the jungle, Andy here, author of the best Tinder guide on the internet. This is the Kill Your Inner Loser show. This is an interview I did with one of my coaching clients, George, and we sat down originally to talk about women, self-improvement, all that sort of good stuff, but we ended up talking entirely about ayahuasca and his experiences going into the jungle and tripping his dick off. And I talked about some of my experiences with LSD, what I learned, what he learned, epiphanies, whether or not we think other people like you should do it yourself. And if you do want to do it, some tips for you, some things, what not to do, what to do, blah, blah, blah. Ended up being a really fucking interesting interview. So go and listen to this. Enjoy. Before I took ayahuasca, I was really like, I thought I was very, um, what's the word? Objective. Perceptive. Perceptive, yeah, and I, th I thought I was very like introspective as well. Mm -hmm. But after doing that, I thought, oh fuck, man, there's a, there's a whole new level to it. Yeah, um, you, you wouldn't know because you wouldn't. You know, I said to you before, like you know what you know, you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know. Um, it's one of those things you have to like open the door and walk through, and then um, then you're like kind of yeah. I can't explain so, it. I can't explain you... it. In what you just said, you know, Ayahuasca showed you what you don't know. Did you yeah. have a sense that you maybe did know that stuff? It was just like buried deep inside. Because with LSD, that's definitely the feeling I get. Like when I get shown, when LSD shows me something, the feeling mm -hmm. or the thought is, wow, fuck, this was inside me. I knew this. I just, I'd either forgotten it or I hadn't given myself permission to think about it or it was buried underneath like a bunch of shoulds and rules and bullshit like that. So it's like it was, the information was there all along. It didn't show me something I didn't already know. Did you have that same sort of feeling with ayahuasca or was it more a feeling of like it taught you something like externally, something externally came and taught you something? I think it's a bit of both. Um I mean, they say a lot of like the the issues we have are from repressed emotions, you know. So like, yeah, yeah, man. A, a lot of things that maybe happened really early in your life, so you don't actually remember. Um, and we do well to black them out because if we don't black them out, we can't function properly, you know. So yeah, you'll be bogged down by trauma. Exactly. Um, I never had any like specific trauma in my life, but I think. I mean, there must have been things that happened, mm -hmm. obviously, to like make me feel a certain way. Um, and what this kind of does is it it almost like breaks that barrier between your conscious and subconscious, yeah? Yes. And you have all this stuff floating around. And then, I mean, during the trip, you're kind of, you're confronted. It, it forces you to confront it. It's yeah. like you don't have a choice. LSD was very much the same sort of feeling. Like I know with you, once you took the yeah. ayahuasca, there's this feeling of like, okay, I'm on a roller coaster and I can't get off. I just have to yes. wait for it to end. LSD is exactly like it. When you're coming up to the peak, so for anyone who hasn't taken a, a psychedelic substance, most of them, there's like a, an early, like a peak. You come up to a peak. So you take it and then you're sort of like gently feeling some effects more and more and more and more and more. And then you get to like a, a really high intense level. When you're coming mm -hmm. up to that point, it really does feel like, oh, shit, what have I done? Not in a bad way, but like, oh, my God, holy crap, like it's too late now. And then after that, it's just like you got to just like hang on for dear life. And, and you know, I'm sure you're going to say you had the same feeling with or, or the same sort of experience with ayahuasca. It's this feeling of wherever this takes me. 
I'm just going to have to go along for the ride. Like almost like I'm not in control of this and it's going to show me what I need to be shown or it's going to teach me what I need to be taught. Or as you said, any any repressed and bottled up stuff that I have, sorry, that's coming to the surface. Like you are not repressing that shit anymore on a yeah. like proper psychedelic dose. Absolutely. And actually with that analogy about going up with ayahuasca, you don't get the, the up, you just go straight down. Really? Okay, um, okay, okay. Because in LSD, you've got like an hour, like roughly an hour where it gets like slightly more intense and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I can feel it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's such a independent, like, I mean, there was 10 of us that took it. Mm-hmm. And every morning after, we would talk together in like a circle group, discuss what we all had. So everyone had different experiences. Um, and actually, there was one guy that was there for weeks. He did like 20 trips. Um, and had 20 different experiences, you know? So, like, everything's always going to be different. You can't predict what will happen. Um, but, like, in my... All I can say is my experience, you know? Um, and from what I had, I mean, the first one, I did it three times. Mm-hmm. So, the first time, I struggled with letting go. Yes, um, yes. I actually, I, I could actually control it a little bit. And I said, actually, it's a bit too much for me. Let's let's calm down a little bit, you know. Um, and then when I got to the second one, I was feeling pretty cocky because I thought, ah, I can control this. And that's when it slapped me in the face. Yes. And I'm telling you, it was the worst night of my life. Worst night of my life. Um, I always say I got pulled through hell five mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, with ayahuasca, when you take it, it's like a purge. So you're expecting to be sick. You know you'll probably be yep. sick. Um, you sweat. Shit yourself. Uh, it's all quite normal stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was expecting it the second time. But what I didn't expect is, you know, I stand up from the bed and I get pulled back down. Which is fucking scary because, um, you know, it's not just a... I mean, in my eyes, I, I knew at that point it wasn't just the chemical, you know. It was something obviously working on me at the time, so mm-hmm. it was pretty um, scary, man. Scary, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I've had plenty of moments, you know, I had a very bad trip. The last <laughs> time I tripped on LSD was a very bad trip. But I feel like, and, you know, you've said the same when you and I have talked privately, you need it almost. Yes. And I've heard this so many times from people who have a really bad psychedelic trip. They say, like, that was the worst trip ever, but I'm glad I did it. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it again. Like, some people will even say, I don't want to do it again. I don't need to do it again. But, like, I'm really fucking glad I did that. Like, I think even yeah. the worst trips teach you something. It's a it's a, a learning experience and something that would normally take you, like, 50 years if you ever have some of those epiphanies that you have on, you know, a trip. You just get shown them like immediately. Like it really is. I've said this yeah. so many times. It's like 20 years of counseling in like, you know, an hour or, or in LST's case, like 10 hours. But there's no such thing as a bad ayahuasca trip. Um, is They say whatever you, whatever you see, whatever you learn is what you're supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was told that on my first night, the hour before we did it, and I relaxed immediately because I knew even if I went through hell, I had to go through hell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I had to walk myself to come out a better person, you know? Um, 
didn't make it any easier. Like it was still terrified and hard. In the moment, fuck yeah, yeah. In the moment, you think you're yeah, dying. You can't control it. Yeah, you can't you control think it. It's going to go on forever. You think this is something yeah. worse than death. Sometimes, you know, you think this is yeah. like some eternal hell, as you said, which is exactly how I felt on my bad LSD trip. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, you're like, I think I needed that in a really fucked up way. I think I needed that. Well, yeah, I mean, during mine, like, I managed to get off my bed eventually. I went outside onto, like, a balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on, like, a little resort area. So, it's, like, a little lake and balcony. Um, and there were some people, like, the staff that didn't take it that would help you. Um, okay. And I'm there. So, I mean, there's 10 of us, like, we're all on the trip. Everyone's, like, walking around in their own head. Um and that second night, I was the worst by far. And everyone was looking at me like, he, he fucking needs help. <laughs> um, I was being sick. I was sweating so much. Like it was dripping off my face, off my arms, off my legs. Um, and I'm going to paint a very funny picture here of what actually happened. So I had my hands on the balcony, mm-hmm. um, looking up to the lake. And I was saying to the guy like who, who runs the place, like, this needs to fucking stop now, please. Like, I want to go home. And I'm getting to the end of my sentence. And then I put my head up and I projectile vomit straight into the lake, like a good two meters. Um, put my head down. I say, I want to stop. And it goes again and again. Um, you know, I'm being sick, man. And what they actually taught me, uh, this is actually one of the biggest things I learned from it was just like surrender to it. And that's what that's why I had to learn at that point because I was fighting it the whole time, you know, for hours. Mm-hmm. Two hours I was fighting. Um I literally the minute I kind of sat down, put my head back and relaxed, you know, I got my body back and I stopped being yeah. sick. Yeah. And do you know it's one of those things where there's no more knowledge that can help you. It is you have to go through it in your body. You it's know like what I mean? Death experience. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those kinds of people that looks to find more knowledge to solve a mm-hmm. problem, you know? So like I'll try and research more into something. And that taught me that um it's not it's sometimes it's the opposite. The less yeah. you know, the better actually. So Yeah. Yeah. I had to just sit back and like let it be. And um I would say I've since that moment. I can tap into that when things get bad or like a bit stressful and if I relax straight away because I know I've been through worse, you know, so. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you talk about control because this was something uh, like I've always been a control freak and LSD absolutely <laughs> helped me let go of that. The first like 30 trips that I did, I specifically took ridiculously low doses so that I wouldn't feel any negative effects, which was another way of saying <laughs> me trying to control the trip, right? And I slowly worked my way up. And I remember the first time I ever felt any hallucinogenic effects, like like visuals, like seeing something that wasn't there. I was looking down at the floor tiles and they started like turning into smoke. And it was a really, really, really gentle effect. And I remember having like almost a panic attack because I was like, I can't control this. And From that moment, I slowly, slowly, slowly ramped up over the next, like, you know, year or two. I was really careful with LSD. Over the next year or two, I'd try it every, like, two weeks, every month. I was always really prepared. I told everyone what I was doing. 
I made sure I had food. I took time off from work. I would always take several days off from work so that I could have the next couple of days to make sure everything was okay. Like I was really over the top controlling with all of my trips, like overly anxious. Yeah, 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 yeah. But eventually I realized that all of this tied into or, or what the trip, what the trips eventually showed me was all of this tied into a fear of death. The reason that I was so controlling was because I wasn't okay with the ultimate question, which is what happens when we die? Like what happens at that point where you can't control, you know, your life or what happens to you? And so I had to, over the next few LSD trips, learn to let go of this feeling of like, I have to control everything. I have to control the trip. I have to control how my body feels. I have to control, you know, if I'm tripping too much, if I'm not tripping enough. And I kind of like learned to give into it. And eventually it all culminated in this one trip I had where I walked out into like, the, it was the literally the first time I had ever gone outside during a trip, which was probably like the 50th trip by that point. And so, you know, I go outside, which was a huge fucking deal to me because I was like, I can't necessarily control what happens to me if I go outside while I'm tripping. Like other yeah. people might see that I'm on drugs. The police might see that I'm on drugs. It was like a huge fucking deal for me. And I went out to a park and I just kind of wandered around the park. I called my mother, which was a huge fucking thing for me as well. Cause I was like, she might realize I'm on drugs. We ended up having this like three hour long conversation about like my fears, my hopes, my dreams, what I wanted as a man, who I wanted to be, um, things that I was disappointed in, like not being a good son. It was like this really cathartic sort of conversation. And then from there, I thought, you know what? I want to go and see one of my best friends. And he lived like, you know, half an hour away. And that was something else I couldn't control, having to go and, you know, go on a train full of people during peak hour traffic. So there's like 50 people on the train, like looking, you know, and I'm thinking like, I can't really control what they think of me. You know, and I ended up meeting him. It was like, amazing. We embraced like all of that sort of stuff. That was like probably the most healing thing I've ever done. And all of that tied into this feeling of like, I have to control everything. And this was the process of like letting go of that and being okay with whatever happens and going with the flow and not feeling like I have to be this fucking control freak all of the time. It was almost like I learned a bit of stoicism. I learned like all I can really control is like my own actions and everything else is kind of like, it is what it is. And that was hugely freeing for me. A lot of a lot of people listening to this won't know me before that because I did these trips before I started doing content and stuff. So this is like five years ago. And so like if you'd met me before then, I was not open minded. I really wasn't. I wasn't an open person. I wasn't okay with making mistakes. Some of my biggest philosophies now, like give yourself permission to suck, like be okay with the fact that you're not going to be perfect. That was not my philosophy back then. I was not okay with not being perfect. I was a fucking control freak. I wanted to be perfect. And like, thank God these psychedelics taught me, as you kind of said, as soon as you stop resisting as much and stop fighting it, things go a lot more smoothly. And the same as you, I had this idea that I can just learn my way out of every problem. I can just read more information and fix every problem. And it's like, sometimes the answer is to just kind of let go a little bit and stop trying to be such a fucking control freak. Yeah, I think as well, What I mean, similar to that, what I learned was it's okay to feel sad. Yeah. It's okay to feel sad. I think we're taught, you know, these negative emotions are bad things, you know? Um, and I think what it kind of taught me was to to respect 
being sad. Um, and when you let it happen, you actually feel better after. Like you, you cry yeah. for a bit, you feel good. You know, like um, we're taught as men. I mean, I'm not sure about Australia, but Europe, we have, especially England, um, we call it like the uh, stiff upper lip. Yeah. Which I think is absolutely bullshit. Um, you know, you can't show emotion because you look weak. Um, now I'm traveling in Latin America now. It's even more of a problem here, like with the machismo culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, I kind of I watch some guys walk in the street sometimes, and they're like, you know, they're proper pumped up, and they. I just think it's a bit sad, you know, because I can imagine this kind of person probably doesn't. Do you know what I mean? They kind of avoid sensitive emotions and stuff. And you know what? I would say it's even better to have them, to go through them. Because that's what life is, you know? It's not like just avoiding shit and trying to feel happy all the time. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you have to sit there and dwell on the sadness and, and like, ruminate on it and keep it going forever and ever. That's, you know, that's obviously not what you're saying. But if you're sitting there saying... I'm going to avoid negative feelings at all costs, or I'm going to avoid acknowledging any negative feelings at any cost. At that point, you're kind of acting on fear. You're scared of the emotions. I wouldn't call that masculine. I'd call that the opposite. Like, if you're too shit scared to say, like, oh, I'm having a fucking bad day, or reach out to your friends and say, hey, bro, it's like, I'm kind of down. Like, today kind of sucks. I feel a bit miserable. What do you reckon I should do about it? Like, if you're not even willing to do that, then you're just bottling something up. You're acting on fear. And at that point, exactly. I, I, I can't, I can't respect that. It's like an, a, yeah. a denial of truth, a denial of reality. If you're having a shit day, say, I'm having a shit day. As soon as you acknowledge that, you can start dealing with it. As you said, you can start processing it. You can start feeling it. You can work your way through it and then you can be happier. But if you bottle this shit up, yeah, it just yeah. ends up being repressed and it always comes up. It always comes up. You can't repress it forever. You know, when you say the word acknowledge, it's like admit. If you admit yeah. it, you do you know what it does? But when you admit it, you then you can then control it. That you then have a hundred percent ownership of it and you can choose to work through it. And you know what? In 10, 20 minutes you probably feel better after. Yeah, man. You know? Yep. Yep. Or you can see yep. days feeling like, you know, shit, wondering why everything's bad and it's just because you haven't owned it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Owning it is the perfect, perfect phrase. I've, you know, in my coaching program, in my group coaching just last week, we had a big conversation about how to deal with, you know, having a bad day or sadness or negative emotions. And the first thing I said was like, well, you got to fucking acknowledge that you feel it. And then once you do that, you can go into your toolkit, your little, you know, mind toolkit and try and pull out a tool that'll make you feel better. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's hanging out with a friend. Maybe it's messaging someone and telling them you're grateful for them. Maybe it's going and smashing a fucking boxing bag or something, going to the gym, whatever it is. But when you first acknowledge it, okay, now you can actually address it. But if you just do the opposite and say, no, I'm not sad. It's like, well, then how are we going to fix it? You you don't get to fix the problem by just denying its existence. That doesn't work. Yeah. And I think the fundamental issue with that, deeper than that, is thinking that it's a bad thing, like labeling it as good or bad. But that's just like observing it. If you just observe, like ayahuasca, I was the main thing they said to me before was, before you take this, don't judge it, just observe it. You're going to see some scary shit. You know, when you judge it, you're you're starting to 
turn it into a bad or good thing. Mm-hmm. But if you just observe it, imagine you're like sat in a, you know, sat in like a, a movie theater or something like this. And you're just watching a picture. You're not even thinking, is it good or bad? You're just watching it, you know? That's a very Buddhist philosophy, yeah. like detaching from, yeah. you know, detaching from judgment, I think they would say. And because you're right. You, you know, yeah. 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 You, you can yeah. be going through a negative experience and just call it exactly that, an experience. It's it's a an opportunity for growth. It's a chance to learn something. It's at least interesting. And when you stop looking at it like, oh, my God, I'm going through this horrible thing. And, and this is coming from the king of judging things negatively like i'm that's something that i've that i'm working really hard on up until really recently every time i went to the gym i was incredibly judgmental of each workout as in i would say oh leg workout leg day sucks leg day is painful this is so horrible this hurts so much and as i was working out i was saying like oh my god i hate this every second of this hurts this is torture like that was me framing it negatively and when i spoke about this to my coach you know, he sort of said to me, why the hell are you being so negative? Why don't you just go to the gym and just enjoy it? Just be present. Just treat it like an experience. When I was able to flip that and stop judging it and stop putting all this negativity on it, holy shit, man. Like, I love the gym. I fucking love leg day now because I see it as an opportunity for growth, like literally for growth, for growing my legs. I see it as a chance to learn stoicism. I see it as a chance to push myself. I see it as like almost cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's this negative, like, framing. We cause a lot of our own problems. You make something into this big demon if you sit there and go, oh, this sucks. This is horrible. This is miserable. Or if you judge it by saying something like, I'm sad. Why am I sad? I shouldn't be sad. I don't have time to be sad. Why am I being such a pussy? It's like you're making it way worse than if you just acknowledge it and say, like, okay, I feel sad. How am I going to deal with that? Exactly. So- psychedelics, ayahuasca, LSD, would you, after all of your experiences, and I guess I'll answer this question too, would you recommend it to anybody else? The the, the problem with recommending is that person needs to make up in their own mind to do it, you know? 100% agree. Like, I I think it's... uh, really 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 helpful tool mm-hmm. but only to the person that realizes they need to take it like if i if i say to everyone take it take it um they might go in but not knowing what they need or what uh, that they want to improve themselves in a certain way you know yeah um yeah a hundred percent i would say think about it and explore the idea in your head um I would say there's always something to learn. Like we're, never, we're never like teachers, we're always students. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely always something you can learn with it. And I think the caveat has to be do your own research. Like before you even talked about this, you spoke with me on a coaching call about this and, and you had prepared for this. You knew you were, you know, thinking of doing this for quite a long time. I myself had read like freaking 20 books on LSD for like a two-year period before I even took it. You don't have to do that much research, but I wouldn't recommend you take any psychedelic as a, like a recreational drug. I think that's setting yourself up for disaster. And actually the interesting thing about at least ayahuasca, because that's what I have the experience with. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's actually a so when I was contacting the retreat center, I spoke to a guy who who runs it. I mean, I was shit scared. I was trying to get as much information as I could. And the one thing he said to me was, stop watching those fucking ayahuasca videos, the vlogs, all those vlogs people post. He says, don't watch them. Because the problem is, you start to get a an idea of what should happen. Yeah. And if that word, is that word should again that we've talked about before, Andy, like, you know, this should happen because this is what another person said. Um, and the guy basically said, don't watch it because whatever you get is what you need to get. So just yeah. trust in that process. Um, don't research. Obviously, the important part of research is the physical. So yeah. with ayahuasca, you have to stop certain medications. You have to, you know, not drink alcohol for a week eat spicy food, um, basically all the dietary restrictions they recommend that you follow. Of course, that bit you, you have to adhere to. But in terms of the actual information side of it, in terms of you know preparing yourself psychologically, what to expect, that you kind of need to relax your own brain a little bit. You know? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think I agree with that. And everyone that I've, you know, I've, I've been a what's called a sitter, where you basically are a babysitter to someone taking LSD. I've done that with like, I'm going to say at least 15 people. And every single person that took LSD and of myself end up saying this was nothing like what I thought it would be. Like, and this includes people who've read, like you said, watched a million YouTube videos, read a million books, even myself having read like all those books. When you actually take it, it's like radically different from anything you can ever possibly imagine. It's nothing like any human experience you've ever had up until that point. If you've never taken any sort of psychedelics, it will not be, it's not like getting drunk. It's not like smoking weed. It's just, it's so unbelievably different that it almost defies explanation. And I think what you said, do your preparation, do your research, understand that this is a very big undertaking. This is not to be taken lightly. And then kind of just let go of everything else. Kind of just see what happens. Go with the flow. You know, if you want a better recommendation, I would say take a little amount. And not every I you know, not everyone's gonna go into the jungle and take ayahuasca like you did. If you want to do like magic mushrooms or LSD, please start with a tiny amount. You can definitely start with a tiny amount and then just try a little more next time. You don't have to go 100% all in but if you do definitely go with the flow and just you know kind of let it happen don't fight it I guess would be the best way of phrasing that yeah and I think with ayahuasca as well um so before that I'd never taken a hallucinogenic in my life so I never even tried mushrooms LSD I went straight to the top yeah um crazy bastard. which a lot of people were like why the fuck did you not try something before like <laughs> you've just gone straight in yeah um and if you're going to do ayahuasca, don't do it by yourself. Like, do not do it by yourself because... Um, yeah, no, no. I would say the same for LSD. Don't do any psychedelic yeah. without somebody there to look after you, somebody who understands the effects and what will happen and understands exactly. how to be a good sitter. Like, they have to understand that they can't suppress you, that they can't force you to do something you don't want to do. They have to basically be like a loving parent for you because you might literally need babysitting during a trip like literally need yeah. to be babied and like held like a fucking baby and, and told like yeah it'll be okay you're okay 
most likely it will eat you into a pulp and you, you'll need yeah. to like you'll literally be like a baby and you, you need support um yeah. I, I was so thankful like in the retreat center i mean when you take it you're in like a maloka tent uh it's pitch black mm-hmm. uh you drink it and then <clears throat> the shaman like a, a shaman from the area the region of the jungle leads a ceremony mm-hmm. um and she's singing these weird songs and you're tripping you it's pitch black you're hearing this weird music um and as well for me i lost a lot of my balance my coordination um and from a physical like safety point of view if i didn't have someone there yeah i mean there's stories of people dying taking this like not to scare people but most likely the reason was because they were by themselves and maybe they couldn't control their legs they fell over or something yeah. you know so having like a retreat center somewhere that can support you at least from my side i relaxed a bit in the sense that you know i've got a bucket there so i can be sick if i need to go to the toilet i ask for somebody they help me go to the toilet you know mm-hmm. um because some people do go off i mean i've i've met people at least here in peru that did it by themselves or did it with a friend with a shaman just then free but the shaman drinks as well um yeah and you know it's yeah it's just one of those things you know it is great to experience it but you know try and um at least try and do a bit of planning in the sense of look after yourself before you do it give yourself a good kind of safe area to do it um because you know at least from we had this you know these talks the next morning and obviously i i saw things but other people had very like they were flying like through the the tent man they were seeing tigers and you know imagine you're by yourself and you see a fucking tiger man like yeah yeah you're gonna try to run out the lsd trips i I was tripping with Imogen and she turned into a dragon at some point. So, yeah, I've seen some crazy shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go for that or not? <laughs> Did I ever go for it? Well, we were having sex. I mean, I guess we just spent the last like 20 minutes talking about the bad side of things. We can talk about some of the good side of things. Yeah, sure. I did go for it. Like, sex on LSD is a pretty fucking crazy experience. And that will be radically different from, you know, your sort of experiences because a lot of mine were done together, you know, with Imogen. We tripped together like, you know, four or five times. And it's an incredible, like, you know, I think you already know how spiritual you feel on on ayahuasca or on any psychedelic. Now, imagine you're having sex with someone during that. It's almost like too much to handle, but you have to kind of like let go and it feels like your body is going to explode. In a good way. Like, the sex is too much. It's too much for your heart. It's too much for your mind. It's too much for your dick, for sure. Like, it feels like your like body's Yeah. But then yeah. it's like you have this other person who's doing it with you, and they're going through the same thing, so you're kind of doing it together. It's like the entire universe just ceases to exist except for you two. And it's like it's yeah. fucking intense. It really is. It, it fully put into my mind this idea that sex is like a conjoining of two souls. Like it definitely is. It definitely feels like two people like who are together, especially because you're tripping. You're going through this shit. Yeah, it, it's pretty fucking wild. And in terms of physical, the entire time feels like you're orgasming, like your dick is orgasming. 
like it just literally feels like you're coming the entire yeah. time or at least it did for me and same you know for my girlfriend imogen like you can't even tell if you're coming or not i remember asking her several times am i coming and she looked down and she's like no and i was like you sure enough like it felt literally like like <laughs> i could feel the wetness of my come coming out but i wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah it, it it's pretty it's pretty fucking crazy even just something like kissing feels like the two of you are like melting into each other's souls or some shit it, it, it's wild man. it's wild yeah it's unfortunately wild. unfortunately on ayahuasca you weren't allowed to you're gonna touch. vomit on each other <laughs> yeah you get the whole piss work and everything golden showers man um no because i mean one of the re- one of the restrictions is no sex no masturbation none of this for a week okay um before i i i didn't do it like i i made it up to two days before mm-hmm. um Obviously, I was getting into this get laid stuff as well, so that was in my head. Um, and it's funny with like ayahuasca, a lot of like stuff I read said no sex, mm-hmm. but the place I went to had no information on that. Now, in my head, I was like, "All right, like <laughs> I found the place." I'm gonna I have sex with the shaman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I messaged that to you, didn't I? In one of the emails. I said that as a joke, didn't I? I'm pretty sure. I, I feel like that would just be like way too much. Like, could you imagine? I feel like that's a spiritual experience, like a shaman having sex with you while singing those songs while you're tripping on on ayahuasca. That there's some things that's probably too intense for the soul to handle. Anyone who I hasn't taken a psychedelic yeah. will have no idea what the fuck we're talking about with that. But yeah, I don't think that. No, that, I, I there's stuff that's that. too intense. I think there's some stuff that's like too intense. Like it's a whole other level that you'd have to work your way up to. You need to take patience with that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, at least like in our case, so none of this and definitely join the retreat. No, like touch, no sex or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny because like during my free trips, I'll explain what happened to me. So it was the same every time mm-hmm. you sit in a circle and they'll call you up in groups of three. And it's like being like a, a Buddhist temple. You're kind of feeling very, you know, like you have a silence for an hour, everyone in a circle looking at a flame. And it puts you in a space, you know, it puts you in a space of, right, we're calming down. This shit's getting real now. You know, you have to look at the fire for an hour, no speaking yeah. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a kind of, um, yeah, imagine like prehistoric, like you have your cavemen, about to go hunt a, a jaguar man they're all like focusing you know so it puts you in that state and then um they call you up in freeze and you you go up to the shaman she pours you the ayahuasca it's like a a thick kind of like tar substance mm-hmm. and you get like half a glass and you have to knock it back and then you sit in your bed and basically with dmt it'll take about half an hour to take effect so mm-hmm. They say during that half an hour, you cannot throw up, obviously, because it would just leave your system. Um, with a taste, you want to throw up because it is nasty. And here's yeah. me with my LSD, which tastes like literally nothing, by the way. It's just on paper. It just tastes like paper. Yeah. This tastes like, I say cherry, but now every time I taste cherry, I'm almost sick because <laughs> it's, oh, no. it's, it's a bitter cherry. And like the first time I did it, a bit got stuck in my throat, man. So, like, it was there the whole time. I was heaving, but I kept it in, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep it in for half an hour. 
pitch black silence. And then as soon as the shaman sings, you're allowed to be sick. You're allowed to kind of start purging. Okay. Um, my first time, my first ceremony, you know, I was sat on the bed and I remember watching a video and they said, you know, if you if you want to be sick, just get on your hands and knees. And I was, I was sat there like, no, I don't feel so good. I want to be sick. I get on my hands and knees and it just literally like starts pouring out into this bucket. Um, it's really funny because um, I had a guy sat next to me. So we sat like, you know, 10 beds like this. But you can't see anyone else, you know? All you can do is hear. Yeah. So he was sat on my right and on his right was a girl. And I spoke to him the next morning and he said to me, like, what the fuck happened, George? Because like, he was sat there, like chill, and he hears the girl being sick. Then five seconds later, I'm being sick. And he's there like, why, why the fuck am I here? Like, scared, you know? Um, so yeah, like, I'm obviously I'm being sick. And then in my experience, what happened was the whole room kind of started to turn into cobwebs like my vision I like cobwebs yeah. everywhere and then I mean obviously having never taken a hallucinogenic before I never had any hallucination from weed or anything like this I was like oh shit like this is happening mm-hmm. and from there um, it's funny you remember everything you know it's not yeah, like you do with LSD as well Everything. It's not like when you drink, you drink alcohol and you have a blurred memory. No, no, it's, no. it's vivid. You don't yeah, forget. It's like you're still, you're still in reality, even though it seems like everything's melting around you. You're still a hundred percent present. Yeah, it's not like you go anywhere or you get drunk or anything like that. You're fucking there. If anything, you're more present. Like correct. Yeah. The way it works, it, it will last about. It depends on you. For me, it was about three or four hours. It would last for, mm-hmm. and. In terms of intensity, you got really intense, got reality. During those three or four hours, you're kind of you're dipping between intense, and then you'll come back, and you're like, "Well, I'm back." Then you think, "Oh, it's over," and then you get pulled back in. Interesting. Okay, that doesn't happen with LSD. You're just tripping for like sixteen hours or ten, like however long you trip for, like straight, and you slowly like taper off over time. And the, and the funny the funny thing is you realize this because, you know, once she starts singing the shaman, mm-hmm. you can get up and you can start walking around outside the tent on the little, like, walkways and everything. And obviously you have 10 different people having 10 different experiences. There'll be a time when you're back in reality, but you're seeing someone going through a, a fucking um, yeah. experience and you're like, damn. And then you get back into it. Yeah. And then someone else sees you and they're like, fuck, you know, like. So you start respecting it because you know at some point you're going to get pulled back in. Um, because there'll be a lesson to be learned somewhere and, you know, you're being pulled back in to, to work through something or, or to, um, to engage with it again, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So each one of those, every time you get pulled back in, does it feel like you learn something new or some of the times does it feel like you're just going deeper on a topic you just explored, you know, a couple of minutes ago? Yeah, so the way it works, when you first drink it that night, you can set an intention. 
Yep, um, you do the same with LSD. You pick like a question to ask yourself or something you want to think about, something you want to process, exactly. something you want to it improve. Is, it's like guiding it. But even then, I mean, like they say, you get what you need. So even if you ask something, you won't necessarily get the answer because maybe what you need is something you don't even realize, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of... Sorry, what, what was the question again? So, you know, you said that you get pulled in and out sometimes. Every time yeah. you get pulled back in, do you learn something new or do you sort of sometimes explore a topic that you were already exploring, but now you're just like continuing to explore it? I would say it depends. It depends on what the, the topic is. Um, sometimes... I felt like I learned everything mm -hmm. and it's funny. You actually, you kind of know when you've learned it because that's when you perch, mm -hmm. that's when you shit or you you're sick. And actually on my final night, it was really funny because for me, in my experience, the trip finished when I went to the bathroom and took a massive shit. Like that was my way of like knowing it ended. So I was sat on the toilet ready and I'm like, you know, I'm ready. And then I was on that toilet for an hour and a half because then I'd be pulled back into something while I sat on the toilet. And then I'd process it and I'd come back and I'd be like, all right, it's time. And I fucking squeeze, man, like ready. <laughs> and nope. Then it was something else, you know? So for me, I, I knew I'd learned something when the purge happened, you know? Interesting. That was my way of knowing, at least. Interesting. Because, yeah, as I said, LSD is more like, like a, a train ride. It just goes for hours and hours and hours. Like, you know, I've had trips for like 20-something hours when I take a big dose. And the entire time, it's like you'll have chapters. Like, sometimes you might be exploring your fear of death. And then you might go deep on, what do I want from my life? Then you might go deep on, like, do I want to build an elite body? How am I going to do that? Then you might start thinking about like, what kind of, do I want to have a sex life? Do I want to get married? Do I want to yeah. have kids? And you explore like a bunch of different topics. But when you're in that topic, it feels like that's the center of the world. And that's all you can focus on. You can't even think of anything else. And it, I guess you do yeah. get pulled back to some semblance of like lucidity, like, like normal thought. You're still tripping. You still know you're tripping. So you're not quite sober, but you do come like, it's like you finished that topic and then you're like, Man, I really learned a lot. I'm so glad I had that. And then you kind of get pulled into the next topic. So it's sort of similar to what you're saying. I think what you're saying is just more intensely pulled into it and then pulled out of it. Kind of. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, for example, the first night, um, I, I wanted a calm experience. So I asked for something. I'm not going to say what I asked, but I'll say along the lines of, you know, look after me. Like, yeah, it's my first one. Like, don't, don't like, you know, fuck me up basically. Um, and actually in terms of lessons that you learn, it was pretty crazy. The first one, because, um, well, two things happened first, you know, I had a, a nudge to pull out my phone, you know, like mm -hmm. an instinct to pull out my phone and you can't have the phone in the tent. So I have to walk outside with my phone. And again, this is, I come back to like it not being a drug, it being something more. 
um, because I pulled out my phone and literally my, my hand started typing almost like my finger was being told what letters to write, you know. And I've got this note on my phone now, which I look at from time to time of all these lessons, all these kind of like things for me to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like it's crazy. I thought yeah. the next morning, you know, I'd come back and it would be, you know, just something I made up, but yeah, like a dream. Yeah. But it, it almost, it, it, the things made sense the next morning, you know? Yes. 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 Um, and I could tell they did because after that, as I was coming down, I felt so creative, like incredibly creative um, on my first trip. Now, I, I write travel content. You know, I do got a travel blog and everything. Um, so I pulled up my laptop. I was sat there by the lake and um, I was sat there for maybe 45, 60 minutes. And basically, I open up a Word document and I start writing about my trip experience. Um, even like how I fucking hate travel, no, not travel vlogs, like ayahuasca vlogs and they're bullshit. And they shouldn't exist. Like all this, like, you know, stuff just for the sake that it gives people expectations, you know, um, I'm sat there and I'm thinking, oh, well, yeah, I'm writing. All right. It's going all right. I save the document. And the next morning I wake up and um, the staff were saying to me, no, George, what, what happened? Because you were sat there for an hour, but your hands were like going crazy, crazy fast. In that hour, Andy, I, you're going to have a guess. H- how many words do you reckon I wrote in about 45 minutes? A thousand? Two thousand? Yeah, it's about 1,400. That's which... like fucking insane, man. Like that's yeah. like, that's that rivals like my best ever when yeah. I'm like, obsessed with an idea. That's, that's like when you like, you put your headphones in and you're, you have you're to blanking just out. Like, yeah, a machine to bang that many words out. For exactly. anyone who doesn't know, that's a fucking insane amount of words. For, for writing, I mean, usually in an hour, I can do maybe six, 700 mm-hmm. good quality, you know? So something like this is crazy. So when I heard that, I thought, all right, I'm going to open up my document. It's going to say, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, shit, it's going to, it's just going to be incoherent rambles from a crazy drug fueled madman. Yeah. Exactly. And I looked through it and I thought, oh my fucking God, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what I've got now, I've got the, the raw copy unedited, you know, from that night of the trip. And that'll be going on my travel blog soon. Um, I just feel like it's, it's pure gold, you know. Yeah. from that night for anyone who hasn't tried any psychedelics they really do just like free your creativity up there's a bunch of studies of like creative people like what they draw there's there's youtube videos go and look this stuff up of like how artists are affected by psychedelics and i for my first three trips I wrote down everything. Like I just sat at the computer. I basically didn't leave the computer for like 10 hours. And I just wrote like, you know, like 50 fucking pages of just like everything I was thinking, all the epiphanies, everything, like, you know, all the rules that had been shattered in my mind, like what kind of person I wanted to be. And you're right. At the time, you feel like this is absolute genius stuff. But then the next day you wake up and you think, oh, man, I must have just written some absolute shit. But you go and read it and you're like, holy fuck, this is life-changing stuff. 
Like, this is genius stuff. And I still wasn't 100% convinced. So, I remember sharing a lot of the epiphanies and the stuff, like just copy pasting the stuff that I'd written and sharing it with other people. And they were all like, wow, you did, you had this thought on LSD? And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, this is actually, I need to go away and think about this. This affects my life now. Like, you're right. I've been doing the stuff that you're talking about in here. Like the, 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 you know, obsession with this, I should do this, I should do that. Like having this idea that you have to just follow the rules all the time. Fuck, I was doing that. Like now you've given me something to think about. So for someone who hasn't tripped on LSD or ayahuasca or magic mushrooms or anything else, yeah, it really does like unlock your brain. It's like that movie Unlimited with that guy who takes the pill, you know, and he's just smarter and more open-minded. It really does make your brain work like 50 times faster, more open-minded, less rules, less bullshit in your way. You can just kind of like freely express yourself without worrying about being perfect or getting something wrong or what others might think of it or, you know, if it's going to be offensive. Like, you just don't even think about anything. You just, it's like the raw, unfiltered expression of your heart and soul. Exactly. And for anyone that hasn't taken ayahuasca or LSD, at least from ayahuasca, because that's what I have the experience with, what you'll find after is before you had invisible walls around what you would do, after you take them, you see those walls from outside. The walls have expanded, they've opened. Um, different different dimension. Like, without mm-hmm. going crazy, talking, scaring off people, like, who's this fucking crazy guy? No, nah, no, nah, seriously, like, what it will, it will actually make you see your past limits. Yeah. Um, and realize they were all just limiting beliefs and shit. Exactly. But what I will say as well with ayahuasca, it isn't like... It isn't the answer. It's not going to, like, solve your life for you. Um, no, 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 no. It's going to say, like, people, hey, fucker, here's how you have to go and solve your own life now. Exactly. It won't, I mean, again, like, you can have an incredible experience. And, I've, you know, I've known of people that have this amazing week in the jungle. They go back to their life and their life is maybe the same or even shitter than before because they haven't taken responsibility. They haven't looked at what they've learned mm-hmm. and how to, they say integrate, integration. I was going to say the word integrate. It's like you, integrate you've shown all this shit. Life. Yeah. Exactly. And now how do I integrate it's this into my life? Putting this back into your life, because I mean, if you imagine in the Amazon jungle, you have no destruction, you have the jungle, you have animals, wildlife. I mean, the day I went back to Iquitos, which is like the city mm-hmm. in Peru, which is crazy city i mean you've got tuk-tuks flying around you've got like people trying to pull you into restaurants everywhere i remember like that week in the retreat we were given like you know drinks that opened up your energy um Mm -hmm. you know you've got this environment that's great for for expressing yourself for relaxing trusting now the day after i mean we take it friday night saturday morning we're being driven back into Iquitos. The moment I get out of the car, I ran into a restaurant and I hid in the corner because um, two people were trying to say to me, do you want to go on a tour? And it was too much. Yeah. I- I've never been like that in my life. So intense, like just feeling at people's, I was so sensitive to energy. Yeah. I could tell. Interesting. interesting. Before someone spoke to me, I already knew what their kind of feel was on me. 
you know? Yeah, I've had the same on LSD. It's like, you because it cuts through all the bullshit, you can just tell what people's essence is or what they're about. Like, if they're a good person, if they're a bad person, they want to help you or do harm to you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when I felt that, I think I even said to one, like, fuck off, because I was just so direct. Like, I just didn't. And traveling South America, you'll get used to it. If you go Andy to South America, you'll get used to people coming up to you saying, do you want tours? Do you want my friends? Come and buy this. Come and buy this. And after a while, you actually become, you understand it and you know the best thing to do is just to ignore it because any kind of interaction with a person, they jump on it, they bite on it. Um, and by that point, when I got to that restaurant, I already knew that I had to be direct because if I wouldn't, they'd sit with me, I'd start feeling shitter and shitter, you know. Um, anyway, so sat in this restaurant i'm obviously feeling all this stuff and um yeah it just kind of makes you really uh sensitive to what's happening around you and in my eyes that, that was the time then when i realized about starting to prioritize what i want in my life mm-hmm. because i can feel this energy from everywhere it's up to me to now kind of sway push aside what I don't want. Yep. It's the first time in my life I did this when I actually started to think, you know what? Just because there's an energy there does not mean I have to accept it. Which is another way of saying I don't have to follow the shoulds. I don't have to follow the rules. I get to set my own rules and be my own person. Yeah, my life is my life. And you know, after doing it, I think a lot of people have fallen out of my life, but I feel good for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because those people were never meant to be there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, like I said to you before, using the word should, I, I mean, Oaxaca helped me erase that. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped doing things that I believed I, believed I had to, you know. Um, and actually, it kind of showed me what relationships would, should have never have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you were only doing them because maybe you were taught that was the way from school or from early age mm-hmm. um but consequently people have come in from the right reasons now you know like yeah. it's definitely imp- it's funny it's actually improved the relationship with my family as well um nice. and it wasn't something i even explored in the trip it's just obviously something i picked up um that helped improve that you know for example um so yeah i mean I think for anyone that does ayahuasca, you, you will learn some things directly on the spot that will stay with you. Um, now, I can't pretend I'm the King Kong of ayahuasca. I mean, I've only done it like three times, you know. And it was only five, six weeks ago. Um, but I can still say from that time, there's certain things that stick with you without you having to think about them or try to remember them. It's just there in your body. Yeah, it's grown into yeah. you. You've grown into it's a it. Truth, it's a truth. Yeah, exactly. A personal. It's truth. a physical thing. It's part of you now. Um, that's one side, but of course there are other things. You know, like I said, some people go back to their life miserable mm-hmm. because you have to take some accountability of what you've learned. You've got to work out how do you integrate this into your life every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding ways to practice it. Um, yeah. It's almost in- like, you know, yeah, sorry. 
Uh, one of your concepts. Say, sorry, you go, you go. One of your concepts about baby step every day, mm-hmm. you know, getting laid or whatever you want to, to focus on. Same thing with that. As soon as you work out what your truth, what your lesson is, you need to find a way to integrate that daily at a level that is manageable and mm-hmm. really piss easy to do, you know? Yeah, information itself is not enough. It's like, you know, look at the look at the Tinder guide I've written. Look at all the information I have on my website. But plenty of people will come and read that and then never do anything with it. And the same thing happens with LSD and, and ayahuasca, any psychedelic. You can have the world's most amazing trip and it will show you a bunch of different stuff. It'll give you epiphanies you never would have had by yourself. Life-changing epiphanies, by the way. But if you then the next day say, okay, I'm going to go back and sit on the couch like I normally do and watch Netflix and eat Doritos and not do anything with my life like I was doing before. It's like, well, then you're not using the information. You're not taking any baby steps. You're not taking action. And I think the best example I've ever seen of this is uh, Imogen, my girlfriend. One of her friends... One of her old friends from years ago took LSD and she said, you know, she was very excited about it because she'd done LSD. I'd done LSD. And she was like, wow, like, that's amazing. Like, like, what did you learn? Like, how was it? And he said, well, you know, I wrote some stuff down in a journal. And she's like, can I see? Like, that's amazing. And he he was kind of hesitant and sheepish about it. But she, you know, pushed him to to show her. And she reads it and it's all like, it's really fucking dark thoughts, like really dark, like almost suicidal, like depressed thoughts about like all these feelings. You know, we talked about suppressing before. It was all these feelings that he'd been suppressing for like his entire life. Like, you know, my my parents don't actually love me. They just want me to be, you know, a copy of them. Like they don't actually care about me as a human being. You know, none of my friends really like me. I don't like who I am as a person. I'm a doormat. I've, I'm a virgin. I've never had a woman interested in me. I'm a nice guy. You know, I don't have any personality. It was all of this kind of like huge epiphanies that you really do need to learn and overcome. Like that's a lot of stuff that this this kid needs to overcome. And so she's talking to him about it. And she's going like, okay, this is really good stuff. This looks painful, but this is really important stuff. And he goes like, no, 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 no. And she says like, what do you mean? No. And he goes like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And she goes, but this is important stuff. Like you've had life changing epiphanies. Like you need to change your life. You need to go to the gym. You need to like do something with it. And he goes like, no, this was just a stupid, a stupid drug that I took. Like, you know, I I don't want to talk about it. And he refused to acknowledge that it showed him something he needed to be shown. He just, you know, kind of wrote it off and said, no, I was just on drugs. It doesn't count. I don't actually mean any of the things I wrote down. None of that is real. I don't hate my parents. I like my life. And he just deluded himself into thinking that everything was okay. And yeah, she ended the friendship like a couple of weeks later because she's like, I can't be friends with someone who's this much of a liar to themselves. Like, this is delusional. You're crazy that you won't, you know acknowledge what's happened so i've seen that in a couple of people where the trip shows them something and they refuse to act on it yeah then you're going to go back to your shitty life and it's it's going to have been a complete waste if anything it's going to be worse because now in the back of your mind for the rest of your yeah you know the truth and you chose to swallow that blue pill and the thing about the blue pill is even if you swallow that blue pill you know you swallowed the blue pill you don't ever get to pretend that you didn't lie to yourself you know that exactly. you did it's like you, you've looked over the cliff, you know what's there now. You go back to base camp knowing what's there, yeah, which is actually you. worth knowing, you know? Yeah. Um, again, which is why, like, 
it's so important to really think. This is why I say to people, I won't recommend them to do it, but I recommend them to think about it because, you know, essentially it's gonna it's gonna improve your life, but it won't improve it. You, you have to improve your life as well. You have to already be the kind of person that's willing to face the truth, the hard truth, the painful fucking truths, and say, okay, yeah. I acknowledge the truth. What am I going to do about it? You can't be the kind of person who runs from the truth or lies to themselves or isn't self-aware or doesn't want to improve. Yeah. You have to be willing to improve and work on this shit and take action. Well, I'll say for anyone that's scared about doing ayahuasca, Essentially, any kind of past wounds you have, you've put on some kind of plaster. Mm -hmm. Imagine you've got a little cut. You, you put on some kind of plaster, you know, um, and it's doing the job. Maybe it's leaking a bit, depending on how, you know, how deep it is. You need to trust that if you rip it off, it's going to heal properly. Mm -hmm. That's a really and good analogy. Taking ayahuasca, if you commit, if you go, if you commit to it and you commit to the learning after, you're going to be a better person for sure. Like, it, it will show you what you need, man. Like for sure. It's going to help you. It's like my favorite analogy is, you know, Ellis to any psychedelics are 10 years worth of counseling crammed into like a couple of hours. But the thing about counseling is that doesn't happen for free. I think a lot of people have this notion that with counseling, you just go sit in a room with a counselor and they just wave their magic fucking wand and you're fixed an hour later. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to do the work. The counselor yep. doesn't do the work. You have to talk about what's bothering you or what's upsetting you or what you're not happy with. And then you have to take the action to work on that stuff. That's a hundred percent you. The counselor just guides it. Ayahuasca is the guide. LSD is the guide. You got to do the fucking work. And if you don't do the work, I mean, I say the same to my coaching clients. I make it very clear. If you sign up for coaching with me, you're doing the fucking work. I'm not doing jack shit. I'm just telling you what to do. I get to sit here yep. on my comfortable chair, this lovely fucking soft padded. I love this chair. And I get to just say, go outside and talk to girls or go to the gym or work on your business or do this. I tell you what to do. You got to do the damn work. I, I think yep. if people are hesitant to that, I hesitant to do the work, I would say probably hold off from LSD until you can, or, or any psychedelic until you're at the point where you're willing to do the work, maybe go to counseling a little bit first Yeah, and then, you know, yeah. It all depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, I'm someone that's pretty extreme, but like when I, when I focus on one thing, I'll go pretty crazy with it. So I would say, I mean, because I haven't taken, I haven't taken LSD, you know, I haven't taken mushrooms. So I can't say if that's from my side better as a start. But and I, I mean, from what ayahuasca, so I can't. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit fucked. <laughs> but from from what I hear, ayahuasca is the strongest. You know, yeah, by far. for sure, yeah. LSD so, is going to make you projectile vomit and, yeah. Shit yourself at the same time. No. Yeah, I mean, the, the ideal, again, ideals is about what you should do. I can't say, you know. But in terms of from my experience, ayahuasca is heavy. Mm -hmm. It's fucking heavy. Um, you kind of need to test yourself a little bit before with smaller things. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you know you have a certain problem, you work it a different way before you come to that conclusion that you need ayahuasca. Like, I agree. With me, I tried, you know, I tried therapy before for years. Um, I went through different counseling, different medications. So I, I, in my head, I knew I tried different avenues before going to it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was trying each one properly. 
you know, I wasn't turning up for half an hour, kind of like half-assing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was taking my notes. I was being pretty organized, focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came to the point where I was thinking about ayahuasca, you know, not just for personal problems, but more for like exploring yourself as well. I knew the moment I get into that place that, you know, I go all in, you know, I'm going to, no matter how scary, how um, shit, how great it will be, you know, I'm going to keep going with it Mm -hmm. because actually the other side's true. I think a lot of people are scared about the worst side of it, but actually the other side, if it's really great, you may think, ah, okay, I had an amazing trip. I won't bother with the other two. But in my eyes, whatever happened, I, I do all three. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what I went there to do, you know? I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a principle. Ad- it. My advice if someone's wanting to try LSD, I would say just take a pathetically small dose. Take a microdose. You can get a lot of the benefits from microdosing. Like a lot of the benefits. The same open-mindedness. It's not as intense, of course not, but... You know, it's a nice place to start with. So we will start wrapping up, my friend. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. This is a hell of a lot of fun. I'm really fucking enjoying talking to you about this. We could go for three hours. But any last parting shots, I guess, you know, any advice you'd give to anyone else, maybe someone who's thinking of researching it wants to start. Maybe you can share like an epiphany you learned, like any final thoughts. Ayahuasca. Um Just know, like, if you're if you're thinking about it, you've already you've already almost been called to do it. They say you're called yeah. you're called to do ayahuasca, and I think if you're at that point where you're thinking about it, you know you're you're sitting on the proverbial wall. You're not sure yet. You do need to force yourself a little bit. Like in my, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking like. I'd have days when I was at home and I was like, you know, I want to do it. I want to work on myself. And then when I hit a bad mood or I felt insecure or I felt shit, I thought, I actually went the other way and I thought, oh, I don't need this. No, I don't need control. It's control. Yeah. yeah you yeah. try to um, find a way to protect yourself. And I saw this habit over a few weeks happening of me trying to control this. And I thought, no, fuck it. And I, I just rang up the place and I, I booked it. Um, I told you before, I'm, I'm stingy. I'm a stingy fucker. I hate spending money. So when I spend money on something, then I think, oh, for fuck's sake, I, I have to do it now. I have know? to go all in with it, yeah. Exactly. So as soon as I paid that money to like book the retreat, then I almost relaxed actually the, the months before because it was no longer trying to control the decision. So I've made my decision. It's already done. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I always knew I could like not take it when I get there. Um, but bringing it back, sorry, to advice, yeah, uh, before I go off track. So basically, if you're there and you're thinking, you know, I'm not sure, I think you you know. I think you know deep down if you want to do it or not. Uh, just have a bit of balls. You know, do the preparation. Um, pick somewhere good. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I recommend on this podcast a place? Yeah. 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 So I went to a center called Dreamglade. Dreamglade is in uh, Iquitos in Peru. Um, the way it's set up is 
really safe place physically um psychologically you feel safe because there's people around you that know what they're doing mm-hmm. um i would say check out check out you know the website get in contact with them ask some questions they know pretty much everything there is to know they've when i was talking to them they've heard all kinds of stories um even if you feel like you're a special case and you're too fucked up to do it you're not yeah because there were people i mean you know i met people that had a lot of bad things you know a lot of problems a lot of early childhood experiences you know and they were there mm-hmm. you know so you know deep deep down you know if you want to do it you just need to kind of take a leap of faith with it and just trust that you will get what you need and don't label it as good or bad don't judge it just know whatever you're going to get is going to improve you and your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure obviously goes yeah. without saying we're not encouraging anyone to do it we're not recommending that you go to that place but that's where you went go and do your own research all that sort of stuff i like what you talked about with the leap of faith if i have to give some advice that's exactly my advice as well it's like do your preparation i would say take a little bit if you're going to do lsd take a tiny dose but you are going to have to take a leap of faith i did you know like two years worth of research and at some point i had to say like fuck it i don't feel ready if I've read this many books and I still don't feel ready, I'm probably never going to feel ready. I need to just do it. And you have to just (laughs) shove it in your mouth. You're shaking, you're nervous, you're terrified. You're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. This is it. I'm a drug user now. I'm a drug, like literally for me, I was thinking like, oh my God, I'm a druggie. Like I've taken drugs. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm a bad person. Like all of that kind of stuff. You take it and it turns out perfectly fine. My, my first couple of trips were actually pathetic. Like I didn't feel anything because I took such a small dose that I felt nothing, but you know, even if you take a decent dose, it's a leap of faith and everything will be okay. And you know what? It's exactly like for the guys on the forum or anyone that started hitting on women, for example, it's the same thing. You can read about, you know, all these tips, what you should do or not do. You know, when you when you you find that first girl on the street or wherever you are, your first ever approach, it's a leap of faith because yeah. you can't prepare yeah. for it. Um, actually with ayahuasca, like I've got a really nice analogy that I use to people when they ask me what it's like and, and everything I say, it's like, imagine you meet someone, you've met someone and they say to you, what is it like having a bucket of ice cold water all over your head? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, for example, if you've had that pulled over your head, you will know the sensation of it. And it's a sensation is the thing that you can't explain. Yeah. I can tell you, Andy, it's fucking cold. Uh, it's shivering. And that person might think, oh, okay, I understand that. But when they have it pulled over their head, it's a different level. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different level. And it's like something you can't explain. I can try to, but it, you have to kind of open that door yourself and walk through, take that leap of faith. Um, that's the only way you will ever understand it you know there's a word for what you're talking about it's called qualia q-u-a-l-i-a it's a psychological or psychology term and it means basically what you just said the intangible the thing you can't explain to someone else 
Like, well, yeah. If, yeah. yeah, if somebody's colorblind, you can't explain to them what the color red looks like. Like, there's, there's, there's no way you can explain that. You can't explain that. It's not physically possible. And so if you haven't tripped on, on any psychedelic, it can't be explained what it's like. It's literally intangible until you try it and you go, oh, shit, this is what they're talking about. Bearing in mind that your experience will be different to someone else's. So even then, you're going to be feeling something that they didn't feel. So it's like how learning how learning happens, you know? Yeah, experience. Any final yeah. shout-outs, my friend? Anyone, anything that you would like to shout-out? Shout-out, come and visit my new blog. Uh, basically, I am traveling around Latin America for a couple of years. Well, I've been here for two months. I've got two more years planned. Um, basically, I'm a backpacker at heart. I love travel. And we've got a new website, which is um, Latin America Backpacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latin, as we call it. And basically, it's being released pretty much this week now. We've got content on Mexico, Colombia, all these beautiful places, beautiful women, beautiful food, beautiful drink, everything um, these countries have. So um, if you're interested in traveling to these places, please look at it. Um, you know, I'll be putting content on pretty much every week, um, sharing all kinds of tips as well. Um also, I like to kind of share the good and the bad. So it's not going to be just beauty. It will be the shit stuff as well. Like I had food poisoning last week. Um, I also had altitude sickness last week and a stomach infection all in one week. So um, it's uh, it sounds scary, but like it's, it's one of those things that just happens, you know? It's an experience. Um, experience again. Yeah. Try and explain it to someone for free. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, come and visit the blog because um, we'll be posting stuff there every week. And um, yeah, that's my awesome man. Awesome. I shall leave a link in the description below. So, guys, go check that out. Thank you so much for coming, George. This has been very enlightening and a hell of a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Cheers, Andy.